The time has come once again on rare occasion to all my boners out there. Thank you for joining us on this return. Finally, after long last, it's been so cold without you all. But we've come back. And it's been, I want to say, six months. This is our longest hiatus yet. And I just got in touch with Matt and we just had to, had to crank one out. But hopefully this will be the start of something new. Something beautiful. Something consistent. Something that I can hold on to. And something you can rely on. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, the Back and Bone Show for your enjoyment. Enjoy the show. Shut up. Big Casa Ace Sukasa. That comes Shaivu. Let the party begin. Your ears you keep, and I'll tell you why. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, man. I'm so embarrassed. I wish everybody else was dead. You know, I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I'm really going to miss you guys when the show's over. Did everybody else hear this? To That's, verify yeah, if I'm crazy? The letter in. Matt seems to think for some fucking psycho reason that I say in funny. Hold on, we haven't started the audio recording. Um, bougie. We're live, okay? Uh, so, B, zero, in. Uh-huh. I don't know why you typed I in like a fucking psychopath. Uh, in, uh, three. Uh-huh. Three, uh-huh. two, three, eight. All right. Got it? Yes, I do. All right. Welcome back, everyone. We, to the bone and back show we uh, we need to hear from the people because we just had a real snafu here and i needed the wi-fi <clears throat> password to keith's internet and which all of you know now yes so you're welcome <laughs> so he's telling me the password and as you guys probably heard he goes to tell me the letter n and he says in so i type i n and he's like what the fuck are you doing and I'm He's like, picking random letters that I'm not telling him. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, you said in. And he was like, yeah, the letter in. And I was like, what letter are you talking about? You mean like N? And he was like, yeah, in. So. I can't figure out the difference between in and in for this motherfucker. He thinks that. He's saying, you guys can hear it. I need you to tell him and verify it for me. He's saying in. I'm talking about N. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy talking about i'm about to choke this motherfucker i haven't seen him in months he won't return my calls he thinks he's better than me and now he's got problems with the way i fucking say letters 
I just never, I'd never noticed it before. But uh, why would you notice something non-existent like me <laughs> saying the word in wrong? People are gonna. This is gonna be a hot topic. You're, I really. You are gonna be flooded. I comment, the comments on who's the asshole right now. Cause I'm about to choke this motherfucker. He, he is gonna be. You guys need to flood him with messages telling him that Facebook, he says and Instagram in a funny way. Back and bone profiles. Just hit us with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a while, and yeah. uh, we're back. Uh, mostly, this is Matt's fault. I just like to point out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I was I was many times considering just opening up the Bone Show, yeah. but that just doesn't have the same ring to it, mm-hmm. and I probably would have had to pull my dick out if that's what we were doing. Uh-huh. Um, bone and Friends, same problem. Yeah. And I had other guests, you know, if we weren't uh, back and boning people, it's just not the same. It just gets straight vulgar. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I agree. Back. Uh, back in Santa Maria for some fucking reason, you know, uh-huh. where dreams die. <laughs> <laughs> dreams come to die in Santa Maria. Uh, so it's like a retirement home for anything you want to do in your life. <laughs> one, one positive is that, um, when we were doing live podcasts from your room in, uh, Pasadena, it was unbearably hot my favorite episode <laughs> um it was the hot box yeah. and speaking of hot boxes i just got back from new mexico santa fe last week and um Should it was this lighting here real quick. no problem Please keep talking. and it was incredibly hot um it wasn't super bad it was in like the mid 90s and it was fairly dry but i'm prone to getting heat rashes uh so i got a heat rash in it fucking sucked um in case you guys didn't know a little better yeah that's fine in case you guys didn't know i despise getting rashes i hate heat rashes it's it's like the worst thing to me i don't like having a rash must be hard for you (laughs) i didn't really think this one out yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i don't like it it's just not for me. So, New Mexico gave you a rash. It uh, gave must, me a rash. Must be a common problem. It was I itchy. Imagine the people of New Mexico just have to live with this all the time. Everybody leaving their. They uh, yeah, their you know, they should really do something rashes. about it. I was thinking about starting some sort of a petition. An anti. Something Mexico to thing, yeah. create awareness about the dangers of heat rashes. The dangers um, of visiting New Mexico in general. They can really damper your vacation. Uh, and it did for me. Well, I, you know, I hate to hear that. You know, I had my first sunburn in like 15 years the other day. Yeah. It was gruesome. It was hilarious, actually. I, um, I went to the beach with some people, got stung by a stingray, uh, bottom of my foot. I didn't know that was How'd you get stung by a stingray? Stepped on it. You almost got Steve Irwin. I got, well, that's what everybody says, but uh, (laughs) contrary to popular belief, Steve Irwin did not die from being stung in the foot by a stingray. He was stung in the chest. He was stung in the heart by a giant stingray. Yeah. I was stung by a stingray that was about this big Mm. with a barb like that big, where Steve Irwin got one of these motherfuckers in his heart. He got a big old one. Yeah, but I do, I have a souvenir. This thing's nice. Would you see this, guys? This is the bag they that the wow. medics fill with hot water 
when you get stung with a giant stingray. Go on. Look so at that. It's all adorable. It has a little stingray ador- <laughs> you know, stingray figurines that, on it. That kind of looks like it could be like a hipster store in like Venice. St- where they're like, this like, is stingray surf, surf stingray shop sur- or yeah, you know? something like that. Um, we've got all your fucking fedoras and uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask if you killed the stingray uh, you know, for revenge I, I thought about going back out there and coming after it but I realized that you know the stingray the gentle stingray is really our friend and <laughs> they they don't really attack unless they feel threatened and it was my big fat foot that stepped on its back mm. and I imagine if this thing comes anywhere near you in nature you're gonna probably stick something inside of it i would was it painful enormously painful it was so fucking painful um it was like um it was like a bee sting Uh but like if a bee was like 30 pounds Uh, like yes it was the, my foot was all bloody. It was it was getting sand mashed into it because um, I had to like waddle my way to the uh, to the uh, the lifeguard post and everything. Uh, getting stung by a thirty pound bee does sound like it would be awful. I mean, I imagine if a bee was thirty pounds, it would probably put a lot more venom in, yeah. uh, in the sting. No, it was a uh, it was just like it hurt for hours it was it was pretty bad um and it was sore for a few days like those motherfuckers they like i guess there's some areas where they're really common like if you go to bolsa chica that was where i got stung they're mm-hmm. fucking everywhere i was the fifth person that day that stepped on one wow uh and then there was like 25 more that day that <laughs> stepped on them uh nasty creatures um stay away from Bolsa Chica. Well, shuffle your feet and uh, don't go in the water because it's not fucking worth it. Well, you know, something fun I did while I was in New Mexico is I went to this thing called Meow Wolf. Have you ever heard of this? It sounds made up, so no. It's a interactive art installation with like 70 different rooms. So that's a little bit more intense than the one I went to. I went to an interactive art exhibit in uh, Hollywood called mm-hmm. Flutter. That was pretty fucking amazing. I think that one was only like 15 rooms. Yeah, that, I think there's more and more of them popping up. But It's pretty cool. If you guys get a chance to go, I mean, it's not for everybody. Um, but if you get a chance to go, I would highly recommend it. It was if you pretty like impressive. Drugs, these things are pretty cool. Like, if you're, <laughs> if you're yeah. the type of person who enjoys tripping out on shit then it it was like an episode of like twin peaks or like the twilight zone like you walk in and the, you open the fridge and then the fridge leads into another room and then you can like hop in the washer and that leads to another room and then they have a giant dinosaur fossil that you can start playing like a drum mm-hmm. and like it's it's pretty, cool. it's pretty amazing it's pretty pretty cool but the one i went to flutter it was like it wasn't quite as like um situated like that it was like it was just like you go into the first room and then there's all this crazy shit and uh you get to interact with it there was like a the first room had for one it had the most comfortable bean bags i've like probably the most comfortable piece of furniture that i've ever touched my body to were these mm. fucking bean bags and then um 
you sit there and you put these these VR headsets on. They're the HTC VR headsets, and they and then you watch this um, VR music video that this guy made. Super weird. Um, and then you go from that into the actual like the hallway, and you just start picking what rooms you want to go to. And there's a ton mm. of them. There was one that the walls are covered in uh, these Velcro shapes that you get to pull off the wall and you get to redesign yeah. the room however you want. There was one that had um, there was one that had uh, black light makeup. The whole room was covered in black lights, and then there was these uh, these crazy designs on the wall, and you get to like do your makeup and yeah. like. Um, and then uh, a lot of vaginas, lots uh, of vaginas in there, lots of drawn vaginas, yeah, uh, hairy vaginas, <laughs> waxed vaginas, bleeding vaginas. They had all kinds. It sounds like it's the wave of the future, oh, kind of. Very vaginal place. Very These vaginal. uh, beautiful. Um, it's so much better than a because I actually really am not into like I've been to vaginas. the, uh, yeah that, but also <laughs> I've been to the. Um, you know, like the L.A. Museum of Art and like I've been to a few art museums and they just don't do it for me, man. They bore. Th- I want to take a fucking nap when I go into an art museum, which is weird because I grew up doing like a lot of art and I've always had a big interest in art. Um, but art museums are just it feels they kind of depress me in a weird way. Dep- I guess it would have to depend what on the type it? of what art is, museum. Yeah, I was gonna say, what More is classical the, yeah. art, I guess, bores me just like yeah what do, what do you like what gives you that feeling when you go to a because I, I don't know I, I actually I've, I don't have the same feeling I go to an art museum I'm, I always have this like I don't do it enough though like I don't go yeah. to museums quite enough so when I do go I have this little thrill to it I really enjoy museums I, and I, I, I it's like a I get a really similar feeling that I think most people get to maybe going to like an amusement park or something. Because mm. uh, it's it's very exciting to get just sort of immersed in art for me. Like I get to read about the artist and I get I have like professionals there who are talking about the art and stuff right. and I get to learn a lot about it. And that's that's really fascinating to me. I, I don't know what it is. I, I really couldn't even explain it to you. Um, oh, but I cause did probably, like, just notch up my nerd gauge there, like, pretty profoundly. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I just, I don't know what it is. I think, I, I, I think uh, growing up, I always thought I would enjoy it, and I just, I go, and it just bores me. I don't know how to describe it. I had a bunch of, I was, like, obsessed with Leonardo da Vinci growing up. I had all of his art books. I, you know, I've always enjoyed it, but just... I don't know. It's just like, I'll look at it for like a second and I'm like, oh, that's from like 1500. That's cool. It's old. All right, next. And then yeah, I just, that, I, that, I don't know. I can't linger I, there too long, no, I guess you no. could say. I'm, I'm the same in that sense. Like, I can't sit there and like look at something for a long time and be like, just soak it in. Yeah. But it is really exciting to get to a museum and like, I want to see the next thing and I want to, I want to experience it all. Have you ever been to um, the museum at um, the museum at the fucking the Griffith Park Observatory? Yeah. Seen the giant Tesla coil? Oh uh, yeah. It was pretty badass. 
that so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that is cool stuff like that i actually like a lot better if it's like an actual like sculpture of some kind or some kind of like 3d art i can so get like more into paintings that don't, don't yeah paintings you. and it depends on the type of painting too there was actually santa fe is like a mecca for art galleries they're all over the place and people come from all around the world just to buy art in santa fe um and it was funny like they had some older art galleries where it was more traditional style like you know like fucking paintings of cactuses and flowers and shit like that mm -hmm. But then they had this these other Mexican. Yeah. But then they had these other two art galleries where it was pictures of like, I don't know, just more of the stuff, more kind of sci-fi oriented, kind of trippy, like, um, you know, kind of a, almost like not somewhat disturbing art. And everybody I was with was looking at it and they're like, oh, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I guess when it comes to art, I kind of I like when it borderline makes you uncomfortable just a little bit you know sure. or full blown sure. um because yeah, um, i mean but it is fascinating I can, I can appreciate that i get the same thing from like movies and stuff yeah exactly like, i want stuff to be a little bit like just push my boundaries a little bit exactly to, if to it's the point that i can still enjoy it yeah but you know I don't necessarily want it to be too comfortable. That's not going to impress me. I no, mean, if it's too if it's too vanilla, I mean it can go both ways. But if it's too vanilla, yeah. it's not for me. Um, because with and if it's too out there, there's nothing. Also to too, to. yeah, there's exactly. No, it becomes just a completely yeah. foreign alien. Thing exactly. There's no yeah. But when it's yeah, when it's uh, with that with the, I think what bothers me the most about when something is it doesn't mean that you can't tell a good story when it's vanilla, but it. I feel like a lot of times it makes it, fuck, right? well, it makes it, <laughs> <laughs> it makes it very predictable, you yeah. know? And yeah. I hate, that's one thing that drives me crazy if I go to a movie. If I can already guess what's going to happen next, mm -hmm. I'm already out. I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is stupid. I've already seen this formula a million right, times. Right, right. It's like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. You know? That's why remakes are tough. Yeah. Have you seen, uh, seen It yet? I was actually, that was on my notes. I, uh. I saw. Did you see it, Chapter Two? I haven't seen Chapter Two yet. I uh, saw. I saw it, Chapter One. I did a movie review. But I'm pretty sure the uh, the people win. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. If, I, it, if the original bears any truth to the to the you know. It, new one. I I saw uh, it, Chapter One. I enjoyed. It wasn't like. I mean, it didn't like. You know, really blow my hair back. But it was a good, solid concise horror movie it was, fun horror movie it was like a fun horror movie yeah it was almost like it was like a family level horror movie. yeah exactly it wasn't that scary it was like something you could watch with your kids you it was know, a like, to me like, it was like a throwback to the, like the 80s style of horror you know yeah. like gremlins-esque yeah. or something like that where there's a lot of comedy infused yeah. in it and it's just you know that that it's it almost like that soft it was like you know fall. i i i I don't know because I haven't seen the the chapter two yet, but it seemed. But I was hoping that it was gonna get a little more like intense with the horror because no. they're gonna be adults. Uh, like, not at all. No, it, yeah. it goes the total opposite direction. Really? That was the first thing I said in my review was that it chapter two is just not very scary, yeah. if at all. It far it's and it's a lot. I didn't think it chapter one was very scary. No, at all. but but if you didn't think it chapter one was very scary, yeah. you won't think it chapter two is even remotely scary. Well, because it's shit, not scary. Um, it dives. It chapter two dives in more into the sci-fi elements of the film. Um, yeah, 
which is fine. For the life but of me, I don't know why I can't. Re- I can remember it, chapter one, the original. Mm-hmm. I can never for fucking some reason remember the details of chapter. Two. I remember the bully got old. Yeah. Um, and he had white hair. Yeah. Uh, and I remember. I think he stabbed the black guy. Yeah. And the uh, deadlights, and it was a spider. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say there's a good reason why you probably don't remember chapter two very well because it's notoriously shitty. Right. Um. It's. Oh, I remember the um, the Jewish guy cuts his wrist. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. That's the other. And thing. it's yeah. it's actually they stick to pretty much the same. I mean, it's the same basic premise in the yeah. new one. Um, but yeah, it, uh, there's just something when you're dealing with a partially the reason why it was, there's just a lot of things that didn't really like add up storyline wise. Like one of the things that there was things that they did in it chapter two, Mm -hmm. where it's almost like they kind of assumed that the viewer had more information than they did. Mm -hmm. And like stuff like, you know, you're like the supposedly when you leave the town of Derry that it came from, you forget things. So like the reason why, because my line of thought was, why would they? You forget things. Well, 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 my my line of thought was like, why would they? They come back to Derry, and why would they be scared of this thing that they already killed when they were like little children? You know, why would that? That they've already done it once. What's scary? Bitch, I already socked you up. Yeah, we already know. They already know how to beat this thing. Um, so their rationale for that is they forgot about it basically and they slowly start to remember and so that's what it's just inherently it's just not even a good plot really because it's like you know that they're gonna eventually remember and just kill the thing the same way they did the first you're you're basically rehashing the same story just as adults so not too impressed with it too um was it fun to watch it was okay. Like, yeah, no, yeah, that's what I, that's yeah. one. The most positive thing I can say about it is it did have some good visuals. There was some really cool special effects. Um, but one thing that I notated in my review is that it kind of suffered from that same thing that a lot of sequels suffer from, where the first movie does well on a very small budget, and then the second one gets this big inflated budget, but it's almost like they give them too much juice. And they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And it's full of too much. And that's kind of how it's this big, was. It was a bit messy. It's a big problem with um, movies and civil infrastructure and everything when budgets have this, um, when there's like a, uh, a, a budget demand where a budget is given to a project and then they have to use the whole budget. Right. You know? Um, yeah. Because I, I'm sure movies work in a similar way than like, to most other things where the the finance sector is going to provide a budget. If they don't use the whole budget, then, they're going to be cut. The staff yeah. is going to be cut on the next project because they're like, well, you didn't need all this money. Right. So we're not going to approve you for that much money. So well, and, then and, they have to use all of it. Well, and the thing is, too... Um, there's the issue with the budget, but traditionally, especially in the realm of horror, horror movies almost always, most of the best ones of all time are all made on small budgets. Right. Because then it, re- it, it requires well, the director to be more creative and come up with more um, 
you know i mean look best horror movies of all time you know you go halloween evil dead like a lot of these movies are all made on tiny minuscule budgets evil dead the worst one was the one that they actually had a budget behind them right like army of darkness i there's some people out there who are probably like what i loved it it has a cult following i I fucking army of darkness too but but it's no but it's no (laughs) yeah army of darkness like evil dead and evil dead 2 are like straight up like Evil Dead 2 is basically a remake of Evil Dead 1 yeah. with a slightly bigger budget. They just kind of changed it. Right, like they, yeah. They, they expanded Evil Dead 1. Yeah, yeah. They... Army of Darkness is full-blown, and it made the mistake. I notated this also in my review. It made the mistake that a lot of horror sci-fi movies make where you can cite this example multiple times, but you have, like, Terminator 1 and 2. Terminator 1, a little more of, like, a horror thriller. Terminator 2, straight action sci-fi. Right. You have Alien horror thriller aliens marines come in they're fucking machine gunning aliens action sci-fi same thing with army of darkness you make ash a hero now because he's already conquered the villain now he's a fucking he's got it he's ready to go yeah and it's to me it's a mistake because you're drifting too far from the source material it it is but in 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 the specific case of the evil dead franchise there was there was a kind of like there was this kind of um attachment you get to to ash where yeah that that character with the chainsaw hand and the boomstick and everything he is he, right he can't like did you ever watch ash versus evil dead the showtime series yeah, yeah. it was great it, it was, was really, really good, good. yeah it was a great, but like, see that was the right and it, it was it was a perfect thing to do with that character exactly with, with what they had left off with, with yeah. the whole army of darkness thing that that was the and right the video, the video games all the evil dead video games yeah. were really good um, well that was the right way to do yeah. it i think they they took that character and um they put that they put i mean army of darkness had that comedic twist mm-hmm. but I think the Showtime series really like nailed it. Yeah. You know, oh, they yeah. took it and so went full good. force yeah. and they made Ash this just really 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 funny like, like dirty just character. Trashy dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this yeah. trashy trailer park old man but yeah. he just is a fucking gangster when it comes to killing well, and it's monsters. So, yeah. I mean, talk about an example of like perfect casting. Oh yeah. Like Bruce Campbell's Ash might be like the most perfectly cast character ever. He's the he's the original uh, B movie actor and that yeah leads me into a movie that my sister and I watched last night, mm-hmm. a classic that um, a lot of people have not seen, a fantastic B-movie role by Bruce Campbell himself, Bubba Hotep. I, you know, I've never sat down and watched Bubba Hotep beginning to end. And you are um, missing out. I've, I've heard. A I have heard. Movie. I know so the basic good. premise yeah. of Bubba Hotep, and I know all about it's it. Very but... campy, very silly, very basic. Where the the idea is, it's not clear from beginning to end of the movie whether or not the character is mistaken. Sebastian Half, played by um, Bruce Campbell, is an Elvis impersonator who believe in a. He's in an old folks home. Mm-hmm. And he believes that he's the real Elvis. And mm. somewhere in the peak of his career, he wanted to give up his uh, his his throne as the king. So he went to the best, the best Elvis impersonator he could find and switched lives with is, him. Is that why Bruce Campbell says hail to the king in Evil Dead? Is that or in, in any of those movies? Because you know how he says hail to the king, baby. Is that like a reference to that? I believe that was, that was much older than... 
but... No, I know that, but I think, or maybe, I, I, I'm sorry, I meant to say an army of darkness. I think in army of darkness, he says, hail to the king, baby. And I was... I, st- I think that was much older than army yeah. of I think... Bubba uh, Hotep. Bubba Hotep was probably like late 80s, early 90s? No, no, no. Bubba Hotep was like 2000s. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Hotep's shit. fairly new. Okay. In the scheme of things. Like, yeah. Uh, army of darkness is much older, but um, this is after Bruce Campbell was pretty well established as a yeah. movie actor. Um, right around the time he was in uh, <coughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's about that time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when he created Spider-Man, as he, as he noted. He could have... Uh, no, I was just about to say something really silly, but then I... Never mind. He could have been Spider-Man. <laughs> A young Bruce Campbell's young. Peter Parker. An old Bruce Campbell. An old Peter Bruce Parker, Campbell. Like all An bulging, aging Peter Parker. out of the spandex. That, would, that is actually... Fuck. Talk about good casting. Oh. Aging Peter Parker, Bruce Campbell... It, Bruce Campbell around Army of Darkness era. As an I would aging say. Peter Parker. <laughs> or maybe like, yeah, maybe no, a little was, bit older than that. He was that. a little bit too young in Army of Darkness. Yeah, I was going to say, like maybe like five, really to, five to ten years after that. I love the idea of, uh, that was one of my favorite things on, um, that was one of my favorite things on uh, Spider-Verse. On Spider-verse the yeah. fat Peter Parker who's out yeah. of shape. Talk about perfect. Yeah, and then talk about, hilarious. talk about perfect, also perfect, the uh, perfect casting, the, um, What's his name? I always forget that actor's name, but the guy they got to voice him, perfect casting, like perfect I, I type of voice name, for that character. Yeah, I, He's a great actor. Jake Johnson, I think his name is. He's a great actor. He was the principal uh, on 21 Jump Street, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I love him. He, uh, One more gay black kid getting punched in the face with <laughs> fucking aneurysm. <laughs> he, he, it's one interesting thing I read about Into the Spider-Verse that, and it's like one of those really subtle things that you'll notice when you're watching it, but if you don't have, and I don't i don't work in movies obviously but and if you don't have an acute don't i though if you don't have an acute eye for something like this you'd never notice unless it was explained to you but something cool that they did was they they place miles morales's character in the movie at a different at a slower frame rate than peter parker's Mm -hmm. So when they're web slinging and stuff like that, Miles Morales almost looks like that stop motion, like clunky, yeah. really like this. Right. Whereas Peter Parker's fluid and smooth. Yeah. And they did that to show that this kid is learning how to use right. his powers. So he's still very awkward, like a child. Mm-hmm. And this Peter Parker has been doing this for years. So he's smooth and he's so fluid. So he's all like fat and out of shape. He is like a professional spider. Right. He's exactly. Spider-Man. Yeah. He's been doing it for years. He could do it with his eyes closed, yeah. you know, that's what that's, but that's what part of what made that movie so great is the attention to those little yeah. details like that. That's it, what it, sets a great it, movie apart from a good movie. It was a really exceptional movie. Just yeah. overall, like so much better than I expected it to be. Yeah. Um, and they could do so much with that. You could literally go in. I think it would be hilarious if they full blown went in and like did like South Park style where they used like a real actual actor and inserted him into that Spider-Verse. Like if they took Tom Holland Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and just threw him like Roger Rabbit into the cartoon universe, wouldn't that be fucking hilarious? I would love that. Yeah, that, that, they could they could probably do something with that. I'm yeah. sure. They probably um, wouldn't. They would probably just animate him and include I, I feel like but. The days of, uh, as you mentioned, Roger Rabbit, that whole, like, that intermingling of uh, animation and, and live action 
is is probably behind us. It, it is like because it's got such a bad reputation for well, what's been done in the past. <laughs> there's really only there's only a couple of examples. You have Roger Rabbit, Cool, cool World, Cool World, with Brad cool Pitt. World. That's what I was trying to think. Uh, of. Yeah, I think that was a Ralph Bakshi Bakshi production. Um, Who knows? But anyways, um, yeah. Be, the 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 inherent problem with something like that is. South Park will do it, and they just won't even acknowledge the fact that, mm-hmm. like, when remember when they had Mel Gibson and it was his actual yeah. face? Yeah. <laughs> they just won't acknowledge how ridiculous it is. Right. They'll just pretend like that's nobody what, notices. That's the beauty of South Park. Though, yeah, they don't have to answer to anyone. Whereas just, with with they, Roger Rabbit, they openly acknowledge that there's the cartoons right. and then there's the you know. So I don't but know how they would go about that. Park, he was chopped up like one of their goddamn Canadians, so he looked like fucking crazy. <laughs> that was like, he was, was really. Like, it was it was an image of him but it was him like like a like a photograph cut out with his head cut in half so right move it around like, yeah it's insane mel gibson is funny i saw i watched there's this um thing on that they do on uh i think it's collider.com but it's where they'll do uh, actors or like directors round table mm-hmm. well they'll just sit there and talk for an hour and most I, people i don't know if, how much is getting picked up here we should oh. probably be a little closer yeah sorry. To, um, like, i know you don't want to be that close to me right most people would probably find this most people never listens to me <laughs> most people like mother sometimes would probably find it incredibly boring uh, but it's basically a round table of actors and directors that just sit there and talk about like their movies and their like artistic process and i don't know i like it but they had an episode that had mel gibson on there amongst like six other actors and directors mm-hmm. and uh he just always looks like he's just barely holding it together. He's right. going to fly off the panhandle. And even when he like, talks, like, it's so... Well, whenever you see him anywhere, like, you see him at, like, UFCs and stuff, they'll, like, pan the camera over to him. It just looks like he's about to pop. Like, <laughs> yeah. The, and, look, the but, crazy look in his eyes. Like... But, but the fascinating thing about this, this Inside the Actors roundtable, was that when they get to him and he starts talking... It's just like that undeniable star quality. Mm-hmm. It's just like magnetic. Because it was the other people at the round table, some of them were, were actors, but most of them were directors. Mm-hmm. And it's so clear the difference between what makes a star and not. You know, right. The other people could make movies that have stars and have all the creative content, yeah. but when he talks, you're just like, you just listen. Right. You know? Right. So he, he really draws you in. Yeah. Mel Gibson's great. He is great. He, he might be. He might be batshit crazy. Racist. He might be batshit crazy. You know. Uh, Can you recover from what he did? I mean, he kind of recovered. He made some successful movies after that. Successful, he made some really he nev- successful. He never. He he never fully mainstream recovered though. He didn't. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, like he's he's still out there in the world and he's still successful and everything i mean like he's just but he's still he has that black mark against him like well there's hilarious. no there's no getting around that i yeah. mean look if if i'm a black man or woman or even if i'm not i'm probably not gonna like mel gibson i mean it's pretty hard to like a guy who said the, the shit that he said it was insanely what if, what if you're jewish or if you're Jewish, there you go. But the difference with that, though, is that they didn't get him on film saying that about Jew. I think that was just what the cops had said. They have him, like, vo- voice recordings of him saying the shit that he said about black people. And it is... I mean, that's, you know... Everybody has a friend who at one point you're like, oh, I heard him 
say some questionable things one time. That's who Mel Gibson but, is to us. Right. He's our friend. Right. Who's made some okay. questionable statements but, but about when, people of color. <laughs> if your friend makes a questionable statement, it's typically fairly mild. It's in passing, and then mm-hmm. you kind of just forget about it. It's not a insane tirade that goes to epic proportions. I mean, that was like, holy shit. God, I love Mel Gibson. <laughs> but I still, I still like him. I mean, um, oh, man. I probably wouldn't want to be like friends with him. He's probably a pretty uh, intense dude, but you yeah, know. I imagine if you were in a room with Mel Gibson, like I, the way I picture it is you're just sitting there and if you turn the TV on, he would turn it off. Yeah. You tried to talk to him. Yeah. He wouldn't answer your questions, and he would just kind of stare at you. And if you tried to leave, he might follow you. Like here's a <laughs> here's a perfect Mel Gibson scenario. Like let's say I'm Mel Gibson, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna offer you a drink, mm-hmm. and you deny the drink. So I go, Hey, would you like a drink? Oh no, thank you. No, appreciate it. What do you mean you want? You don't want a drink? I. I I'm not thirsty right now. You're fucking insulting me. You need to take a drink. Take a fucking drink. You're insulting me. That's the type of shit. That's the intensity I feel like Mel would come at you with. I think it would be more subtle than that. I feel like he. I feel like it would be intense in a more subtle way. Like you would, you would reject the drink and he would just pour it anyway. He'd be like, "Well, you're gonna take it." <laughs> it's all up. <laughs> because in my house, in the Gibson house. <laughs> We take drinks. We take drinks. <laughs> and then he and would do... there's no black people allowed. Take your shoes <laughs> off. <laughs> God. No Jewish or black no people. No Jewish or black people allowed in the Gibson house. God, he's such... He's so horrible. <laughs> <sighs> All right, on from Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about. Have you ever been on a flight that had tur- turbulence? Doesn't every flight have turbulence on it? I'm talking about... Have I just been flying American Airlines too much? I'm talking about turbulence that makes your balls pull up into your stomach. Like that kind of turbulence. Like real fear turbulence. Yes. I don't think so, no. All right. This was my... When we went to New Mexico, this was like my 10th flight. And every flight I've been on up until this point had some moderate turbulence, Mm -hmm. but nothing too crazy. Just a little shaking of the plane. Sure. But as we were taking off back from New Mexico, the plane, like, fucking, like, dude, like, full-blown. It was just one time, but it was full-blown. Everybody up out of their seats, like, like, boom, like, dropped. And people screamed. Like, it was fucking intense. It was the only time I've ever been on a plane where I could not relax for the entire flight after that. And the entire time, all I could think about is, like, the scene you see in a movie where the person is ruminating envisioning themselves <laughs> in the sound of beep 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 beep, beep <laughs> like mm-hmm. literally that's all i could think about the entire time right it was fucking horrifying and i don't get scared on flights ever and i was like sitting there just totally on edge everybody around me was on edge you could tell like it was just it was just a room full of uncomfortable people oh, just looking out the window it was fucking awful yeah. god damn is that scary i'm really glad you went through that makes me feel better yeah um <laughs> were you near the wing could you see like you know i could what, what was it what was the movie where the gremlins twilight zone the oh yeah, yeah. Twilight zone, the gremlins yeah. On the wing went. yeah 
Yeah, no, it was just god damn, it was scary. Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to say. I think you said it. Yeah. <laughs> um you know what I want to talk about really, really bad? I've wanted to talk to you about with this. I want to hear what you want to talk about. What the fuck is going on with BJ Penn? Has he lost his goddamn mind? I, I remember hearing some shit about it. I, who's he you haven't with? seen it? No, I didn't see it. No, no, no. I remember hearing about it, like he wants to fight everybody still, but like you're I, telling me you haven't seen the video really of BJ this. Penn getting knocked out in a street fight? No, no by no, an no, overweight bar patron. I heard about that. Yeah, what's he doing? All right, let's watch this video. I see. I see All right, him gearing up here. <clears throat> so. They released a video of BJ Penn in a street fight about, eh, it was like a few months back. And it was him on top of this guy controlling him, just throwing punches and elbows, just beating him up, basically. I didn't know he got knocked out. I, I heard about that. Okay, no, 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 no. no, no. I'm going exp- to yeah. explain it. I'm going to oh, explain, explain it. this, please. Okay, so they released that video months ago, right? But then they released this video recently, just like a week ago, of BJ Penn he puts his he's this guy's throwing punches at him and bj's like yeah come on he puts his hands down and he like you know kind of like lets him but then one of them hits him and bj goes out cold which look i'm not gonna i think that a lot of people who haven't been in a fight really don't understand how easy it is to knock somebody out mm-hmm. if you're just letting them openly like a girl can knock you out cleanly it doesn't take a lot of it doesn't take a lot if you're just leaving your chin out there it is very easy to get knocked out out. and you're and you're relaxed like your neck is relaxed and you're just like what what it takes very little pressure yeah it doesn't take much so i'm not faulting bj penn for that it's not like he was fucking squaring up boxing with this dude and the guy ko'd him however it is so insanely like he should know better it's so insanely stupid um, and now this is going to be a part of his legacy, essentially. So this was the first video where that they, they released months ago. Yeah, the guy's shooting in. BJ's controlling him. Or no, this was the one they released recently. Sorry. I wouldn't call that guy. Ooh. But then he goes yeah. out. Hey, that, to be fair, that wasn't like a bad combo. Guy went over the top and then right. came back with a hook. Now, it's like, even if you just watch the beginning, though, it's pretty obvious that had BJ wanted to take control of this, he very easily yeah. could have. He let the guy punch him, but what a fucking critical mistake. Over the top and comes back under with sort of a shovel hook. He that went, wasn't a bad shot. No. like... Be, put that out there for those of you right. guys that haven't seen this bj goes out his head bounces off yeah. the concrete he was fucking out no doubt about it um well you always hear these stories about pro fighters and like sometimes you hear stories about a fighter fucking somebody up at a bar sometimes you hear a story about them getting knocked out in a bar fight by like you know fighters are are people too yeah, you know, they're human. Our, our bones are denser from from the amount of strain we put on them. We're prepared for the we're prepared in a technical way for the activity of fighting because that's something that we do. But at the same time, we still have the limitations of human physiology. Yeah. If you're not in a state where you're really prepared to to deal with that, and you're not expecting somebody to have. Um, you're not expecting somebody to have the skills to really effectively hurt you. You can be in a relaxed enough place to be really vulnerable. 
and I feel like when you take somebody out of the cage and they're not in this professional environment, they're going to be a lot looser. Yeah. And like more just like, whatever, I'm going to fuck around with this guy. And it, you know, it, it's a, it's a real vulnerability. Um, you even see that with fighters who are at the top of the heap for too long and they become complacent with their skills and they don't expect anybody to challenge Class- them. Yeah. Classic and, example, Anderson Silva getting KO'd by Weidman. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, people forget this because this was a really long time ago, but like Uriah Faber when he fought uh, Mike Brown. Mike Brown, yeah, uh, that first was, fight. He, he was so dominant over everyone that he fought. He yeah. never had a challenge for the longest time. Then somebody who was pretty fucking good came in and put the screws to him, and it was like, it, yeah. you could see on his face, he just wasn't, he wasn't outmatched. He just wasn't used to a match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think I think also, too, with Mike Brown in particular, that might be a classic example of a guy who really, like, on paper, not nearly as decorated as yeah. Uriah Faber. Like, not even, but not even close. But fought him, it was just... But it's yeah. just, it's one of those examples of, like, just a tough matchup for a guy. Because even in their rematch, Faber broke both of his hands and he was able to fight him with just elbows. Right. But he did lose the rematch. Right. I think that fight, just under any circumstances, just a tough fight for Faber right. for whatever reason. For for a number of reasons. I think yeah. Faber, you could line up 10 other fighters and Faber would do better against those 10 other fighters than Mike Brown would. I agree. I agree. But for some reason, he's just got a, he's a little bit of a tough, tough time with Mike Brown. He's, he's just physically a tough matchup for him. My, uh, Mike Brown's a really, really strong guy. He's a little longer than Uriah. Um, he has a bigger frame and, and yeah. uh, I feel like that combination of being as strong as Uriah with a longer frame gave Uriah this really tricky yeah. uh, boundary issue with yeah. the fight. Yeah, and but yeah, you, but, you, but, the, but the thing with BJ, it's like, God, this guy, he's really just, man, it's it's well, disappointing. <laughs> also, also on that video, aside from it just being disappointing to see BJ get in fucking bar fights and shit, um, you... He wasn't exactly, I wouldn't say he was like dropping his hands and being like, whoa, you know, like whatever about it. The guy was shooting in on him and he came up off the shot and threw a combo. And yeah. Him. And that was actually like. Caught him off guard. You would, you, you would, you would expect somebody to do that in, in a fight effectively. Like that's a, that, yeah. that's a, not a bad idea. Let <laughs> so me talk about that more. I'm going to go pee real yeah. quick. Um, that's going to go pee. And I'm going to talk to you guys. We're going to have a little technique hour with the bone. Bone time, if you will. I was going to try to combine the word technique and bone, but there, I don't think there's a way. But, yeah, I mean, a really good example of that being done effectively, I mean, mixing shots with strikes, uh, old school, Kevin Randleman versus Mirko Krokop. Um Randleman was shooting in on Krokop a lot, and he was pressuring his hips and making him, uh, making him fear the takedown because Kevin Randleman was a was a world renowned wrestler. He was highly decorated, um, expert, explosive guy. Krokop was a dangerous striker, and here he is, obviously just not worried about the hands of Kevin Randleman. Kevin Randleman doesn't even knock people out. Sure, he's big and strong and dangerous and explosive, but he's not somebody that you have to worry about in that sense. But Randleman uh, kept working the shot, working the shot, and as and as he feared the takedown, his hands come down, and he defends his hips, 
Ramelman goes for one duck, pops back up with a lead hook, similar to the shot that DJ got hit with. Really, really similar, in fact. Um, and just put his ass to sleep. Um, and that's what, you know, changing levels is really good for. The only thing about this fight is it's a big fat lop who is, doesn't appear like he has any business fighting anyone. Um, I'm somewhat surprised that he was able to, to pull off techniques that effectively, but, uh, but he did. And it was, he also outweighed BJ by a good hundred pounds by the looks of things. Oh, the guy in the video? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just BJ just more and more stuff has come out too. There's like some crazy stuff that BJ Penn's wife was accusing him of. There was some other stuff that came out. Um, God, who was it? Nick Lentz was saying that BJ Penn, he, he's been calling out BJ forever and nobody knew why. And apparently uh, BJ was like harassing him and his wife on Instagram. And like there's just more and more shit that's coming out where it's kind of just seeming like BJ is not a great guy. He's kind of like the Mel Gibson. Of exactly Batman. what like, took the words out of my I, mouth. And I really just, I feel like a lot of the stories that we told about Mel Gibson can just be paralleled. Yeah. Like our assumptions about Mel Gibson yes. can be paralleled with BJ Penn. Like, just with a different accent. You know? Yeah. Coming to his house, or like, you guys are in a room together, you turn on the TV, BJ might turn it off and be like, I don't want to watch TV, bro. <laughs> what are you doing, bro? I don't want to watch bro, TV. I don't want to watch TV. And I'm trying to hang out with you, bro. Not to mention. You don't think I'm entertaining enough for you? Here, have a drink. B I, don't, I don't need a drink, BJ. And he just pours it anyway. He's all, well, we're having a drink, okay? <laughs> B BJ is on an epic losing streak right now. Oh, yeah. Well, um, he's he's coming off of. years old. One, two, and he... three, four, five, six, seven. He's coming off of seven losses in a row. Mm -hmm. Um,. He's got to hang it up. There's nothing. There's nothing else to say, really. You know, the guy's just got to stop. Yeah. And, and and it's not even one of those things where the fights that he lost what were. What the fuck was he doing fighting uh, Ryan Hall anyway? That's okay. That's a crazy talk. One. I that's I know, right? I I couldn't believe that when they announced that he was. I was like, what are they doing? Matching him up with Ryan Hall? You've got this young, like, up and coming yeah. stud in the prime of his career. He's like the and... best fucking grappler of all time. Yeah, like... and you're putting him in there with. B what the fuck that's yeah, crazy that's nonsense but they had no business but well i was listening to uh joe rogan's uh fight companion yesterday and eddie bravo was saying that i guess they have a really hard time getting matchups for ryan hall yeah nobody wants to fight him because yeah. he's such a tricky i mean when you got a specialist a dangerous guy. yeah a dangerous human being when you got a specialist like that people just don't they don't want that fight it's tough to prepare for i guess yeah and and well, his yeah, how striking do you, how, how do you prepare for a exactly like that yeah the, you can't get somebody who can grapple the way he can no and dude and have you, have you seen how much better his striking's got i've heard he's actually yeah. got some pretty creative like he's throwing some crazy like wheel kicks yeah. and and they're like fluid too they're not like shitty looking right they're good um interesting so guy's gonna guy's doing well yeah well good for ryan hall um you know, speaking of uh, of uh, bar fights and things of that nature, have you seen the video of Connor punching the old man? It was more yeah, like a bitch slap. Yeah, yeah, he kind of like yeah, he he like I watched his apology video too, which was kind of which was like, so weird, it right? Was really weird. He like, seemed like he was like 
fucked up. Like he was. He seemed like he was like in a weird headspace. Like he might have been like pilled out or something. Yes. And he seemed like he was he 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 was very regretful, but he kind of didn't actually ever apologize. He never no. like he never he basically for doing. It. He was kind of just like in this weird zone. He was like, yeah. It's in the past, and it was wrong that I did it, and I shouldn't have done it, and it's. But I want to put it behind me. But he'd never be like, "I'm sorry." It was, you know, it was. He just couldn't quite like put the "I'm sorry" out there. But it was like it was super strange. It, it was strange because about it. it, it was very like. Uh, and he, he said, also wouldn't admit that he did it either. And I'm sure that was yeah. like a, like a weird, some that was probably probably. A and he, he's like admitting that he did it would put him in some sort of he just kept going, it's all resolved now it's all like. but you know what i don't um i don't necessarily disagree with his approach and not apologizing to the public for it right he kind of took the chill i one thing i've always admired even though chill sonin is full of shit like 80 mm-hmm. percent of the time one thing i always appreciated about chill sonin is like when he fucks up he owns it 100 percent. Right. he makes zero excuses when he got busted for his, taking all the shit he was taking yeah, his, stero- his steroid speech is one of my favorite lines of all time yeah he's like he's like they he's what did he say he's like they tested me and they said your testosterone is six times that of a normal <laughs> normal man's and he said I said to the doctor, your machine is broken, sir. Mine is, my testosterone is way higher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it's like, you know, it's if, if you get caught, just fucking own it. I mean, yeah. there's so many fighters could learn from that because uh, it looks so much worse when you do go out. I mean... If, if he, you know, it's what happened with Connor and that guy. Why should he apologize to the public? It's between him sure. and that guy. Absolutely. If he wants to apologize to that guy, great. Yeah, um, that's what I, he should do. But I, I agree. I agree. Um, it was just weird because, like, it felt weird because that was, like, what he was there to do. He yeah, and he didn't. You shouldn't. For... You shouldn't put yourself on a platform like that unless you are prepared to do that because that's right. what people are expecting. And he was not. He was not doing. And that. and was, and, <laughs> and on top. And okay, he and was it, dancing around it. It was like a forty-five right, minute and, interview. Yeah, like, and it would have been different if Connor had looked into the camera and said and explained. Look, I don't need to apologize yeah, to the I'm public. I don't need that. to apologize to you or anybody else. I apologize to him. I made my men. You know, if he had said yeah. that, okay. But he was just like. The situation like, is under control. I made amends with him. I'm here to explain the situation to you. I'm not here to apologize. Right. But he kind of danced around the yeah. apology. It was, yeah. And he kept repeating himself and saying, yeah, it's in the past. The situation. The situation's been resolved, and he kept saying that, like, in circles, and that was really strange. Yeah, it was very uncharacteristic in the sense that typically he's, like, Mr. Smooth Talker, and there was just nothing. He he had a very, like, neutered demeanor. Like, Mm -hmm. somebody had had whipped him. Like, he'd had some... He he, he had an agenda. That's what I was getting out of that. There was was something he, he had to get out for some reason... That wasn't his own priority. Yeah. That was what I was getting out of that. Well, no. Justin Gaethje went hard at him on Twitter. Did he? Yeah. God, yeah. I gotta pay more attention to social media. I don't, I don't, I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I read this on a MMA Junkie, but they said that, uh, yeah, Justin Gaethje, like, full blown said he was a piece of shit husband and human being, that everything he's done is irredeemable. Like that. I mean,. <laughs> It's it's at this I, point I, though I it's kind of hard to disagree with him. I, I, I love mean, me a good bad husband story. That's <laughs> yeah. He uh, but um, speaking of Justin Gaethje, he's gonna be fighting um, Donald Cerrone coming up. That should be a really good fight. 
It yeah, yeah uh, that's a very very interesting fight because I think they must have uh, they must have trained together because they both uh, came out of Winkle John's mm-hmm. spot. Um, well, doesn't didn't um, what's his name uh, Cerrone? He he like hates Winkle John, right? Um, he, he, yeah, now he does. He, he was talking a lot of shit on Winkle John, um, and he, he he was he was saying good things about Greg Jackson, but he was very anti Winkle John. Really he said that Winkle John, what Cerrone said about Winkle John was that the way he holds pads is cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't necessarily cater to who he's working with, and he's basically just concerned with keeping it like a like a Toys R Us gym where they're just fucking bringing people in and out. Right. And whereas he said that the other guy Jackson was a lot more uh, yeah. attentive to detail, and he was kind of basically said that Jackson was kind of the mastermind of everything, mm-hmm. whereas Winkle John was just kind of. And he said basically the longer he stayed there. Jackson has kind of moved into the background and he doesn't really do any hands-on work with the fighters much anymore. Right, right, yeah. Um, but but now he's uh, he's at the uh, the ranch or whatever. The BMF. Yeah, BMF, BMF ranch. ranch. What do you think about that fight? Who you got between Cerrone and Gaethje? Okay, so <clears throat> we got this this thing going right now with Cerrone. Cerrone mm-hmm. made his uh, he made his old man comeback. Like he's yep. in he's in the twilight of his career, but he's having that like he may not even be in the twilight of his career. He may actually be in his prime. I don't know. But he, he made this big move where he just went on a tear and was yeah. fucking everybody up, putting people in their place as he's fighting them. And then uh he fought uh he fought Tony Ferguson mm-hmm. and that really halted his ascension. Yeah. Now, in that phase of his career, you have to think about what that does to his mentality. Is he coming back from that as a, like, fuck it, I'm here to win fights, I'm here to, you know, just keep putting food on the table for my family, that's the place he's in? Or is he thinking, well, fuck me, I'm not getting the title now, and did that shut down his, his, you know... So you gotta know what he, where his head's at to make a really honest... um, assertion as to what you yeah. think is going to happen in this fight. I think Cerrone two fights ago uh, beats Gaethje. Uh, I like Justin Gaethje. I think he's a really exciting fighter. I think he's fucking badass. Uh, I think he's a little sloppier than Cerrone. And I think it, Cerrone's inside game is going to cut through uh, like a prime Cerrone's inside striking is going to cut through uh, Gaethje's striking. It, it, but it's hard to say. It's an interesting fight because it's it's a similar spot that you've seen Cerrone in before. Mm-hmm. And typically, against a fighter like Gaethje, Cerrone either looks really, really it's good. A, is it Gaethje or Gaethje? Gaethje. 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 I've heard I'm of not sure. Gaethje. Gaethje. Mm-hmm. So, he either, against a fighter like that, he either does really, really good or really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, because... You look at his fight with Ferguson, you look at his fight with Nate Diaz, you look at his fight with Jorge Masvidal, you look at his fight, there's a couple of other examples I'm forgetting, Mm -hmm. but one thing that Gaethje, Jorge Masvidal, Nate Diaz, all those guys have in common is they have that tough, like mental strength. Mm -hmm. They are not necessarily the most technically proficient at everything they do. They're all great technical fighters, but that's they are just headstrong fighters, fighters. Savages. Yeah, they're fucking savages. And Cerrone crumbles against those guys sometimes. But there's other fights like his fight with uh, fucking what's his name, the one recently, um, 
Um, oh God, why am I forgetting his name? Um, um, fucking uh, Perry. Perry, Perry, um, and, uh, mm-hmm. um There's some other ones yeah, where the dog shit. Out right, of and there's fights that like was, that was like he made him look like he had no business exactly so then there's fights like that where he comes out and he picks those type of dudes apart yeah so it's it's i tell you what this is not gonna be to me i don't think it'll be a super super competitive fight i might be totally wrong on that i think it's either gonna be he's gonna look great or he's gonna crumble that's my opinion i think that's a pretty fair expectation of cerrone because that's typically the thing like i was actually pretty surprised at how back and forth the um the uh the ferguson ferguson because he really did put in work against ferguson he did they that was a fight yeah but then he broke yeah and i'm not saying he broke in the sense that he gave up he got fucking battered when yeah. it came to it you just can't like, people can't deal with ferguson's volume dude it's crazy he's a fucking and, monster, and, man. and if so this is crazy right i was looking at this the other day tony ferguson his fight record mm-hmm the way he wins his it's ridiculous like i'm gonna pull this up right now so you guys could hear this because it's very very fascinating i haven't really heard anybody talk about it but you look at his last i don't know fucking 12 fights or whatever it is okay donald cerrone tko dr stoppage anthony pettis tko dr stoppage corner stoppage corner stoppage yeah. kevin lee submission triangle choke decision over rafael dos Anjos, but he battered dos Anjos. Yeah. but then before that lando Venata submission darce choke yeah. edson barbosa submission darce choke josh thompson decision mm-hmm. gleason Tybow, submission rear naked choke josh, Abel josh Torrio. is like one of the best fighters of all time that nobody fucking talks exactly about. that it just was in the wrong he was in the just kind of the wrong era right like he just yeah, yeah it was like, he so uh april Trujillo, submission rear naked choke um uh, Abel Trujillo is that uh, that guy super yoked like guy. He he just eats pure steroids. Like, yes. Right. Yeah. He's... But but what's fascinating about this record, what I'm getting at here, is he there's like a pattern here where he'll have two wins in a row that are like the same style yeah. over and over again. And then on top of that, if you go even back further into his record, he has tons of stoppages. So Chris Kennedy TKO Doctor Stoppage, Aaron Riley TKO Doctor Stoppage. He's got a bunch of doctor stoppages. He has like four of them in here, which is crazy because that just goes to show you Tony Ferguson does so much damage when he, he fights puts dudes in the hospital. Doctors, every guy that he fights, doctors if, recommend even if you do not fight Tony Ferguson. Yeah, I mean, if you go through this list of this who's who fucking list of even like Josh Thompson, the, the even his unanimous decisions. I remember that fight. He he just destroyed. He looked like he beat him with a baseball bat yeah. after the fight. I mean, he's just so fucking violent, and he does so much damage to his opponent. I think at one point, and then even with Cerrone, you know, his face was so busted up. It's like they just get to a point where they're like, uh, their body just shuts down. Yeah. They're like, I can't take this punishment anymore. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. He's like a, um, he has a similar psychological effect that I feel like uh, Khabib has on on people except Khabib does it with with uh with physical pressure and wrestling where people just get to this point where they're like I can't fucking do this anymore yeah they're being just crushed under the weight of their opponent yeah that's Ferguson why Ferguson does it with damage yeah Ferguson does it with a volume of damage that he's doing to you where your face is peeling off the bone right and you're just like I am <laughs> that's <laughs> I why though going. but that's why that's the fight to yeah. make because it's pressure versus damage yeah 
That's a, such yeah. an interesting and, matchup. And neither one of them is going to relent to the other. It's an no. extremely interesting matchup. What did you think about uh, Poirier versus uh, Khabib? Did it, you did you think that he had him? Had uh, Poirier him? had him. Yeah. He yeah he I think he probably hit him but up until this point. Everybody had always said that the hardest Khabib had ever been hit was that Michael, Michael Johnson, Johnson fight yeah. when he caught him. And then when Iaquinta fought him, he did start to, when Khabib started to fatigue in the later rounds, he had a little bit of success. I do think that that was probably the cleanest punch that's been landed on him now, thus far. Not the cleanest punch I, that's been landed, but it had the most visible effect. I have to rewatch it because I was watching the, the fights while I was at work. I was serving tables and everything, so I was kind of just trying to catch it as, as I was moving around. But I got a good look at that round when he, was, uh, when he landed on him, and he had him backing up. And I, as I saw it, it was like, okay. So he landed shots. Mm -hmm. They were good shots, and he was, and he had him moving backwards. But the whole time that he was swinging on him, I was seeing Khabib roll with his punches. He mm -hmm. was he was moving with the shots, which an uneducated fan will look at that, and it looks like he's getting rocked right. because he's moving with the punch. But that's how you that's how you uh, diffuse the damage from a yeah. punch as you move with it. And as he's moving with it, and Poirier is moving in, Khabib is jabbing him out tight inside yeah. shots boom and, he, you, he's, and you see him stopping him with them he's got it, better striking than people give him credit it's, for it's not pretty and it's not yeah, exciting it's not. but it's very effective and yeah so he was moving back and landing tight jabs boom tight straight shots as he's as he's rolling through uh poirier's punches and then he took him down and beat the shit out of him yeah and it well, it's the reason why Ferguson versus Khabib is such an interesting matchup is because if you look at both guys, you could really easily make the argument for either one. In Khabib's case, you can go back to like Ferguson versus Kevin Lee, and say, you know, Kevin Lee's like obviously not as good of a wrestler as Khabib, and Ferguson had some trouble with him before Kevin Lee gassed, right. and he took him down pretty easily, repeatedly. Um, but then on the flip side. People have cited Khabib's conditioning in the past, saying that he gasses in the last couple rounds, and Ferguson literally gets better with each yeah. round. He just turns up more and also, more. Ferguson, so you could go either way. Also, Ferguson, his style in general is sort of that, uh, has that like Diaz-esque approach where it's like, he's not really trying to stop you from no. taking him down. No. The fact that you can take him down isn't really a... Um, it's not really a cue as to whether or not he's beating you. No. He's going to fight you from his back. Yeah, he doesn't. He's 100% cool with that. Yeah, he like, does not care that he's getting taken down. He's right. Like you said, he's totally cool with it, and yeah. he'll do damage from the bottom, too. Yeah, he'll be elbowing you from the bottom, and he'll be throwing submissions at you, and he may be losing on the scorecards because he's on his back, which is still something that needs to be yeah. you know, reviewed. That um, that's the fight to make. That's like that's uh, there's no other lightweight fight on the planet. Dan and, Hardy, Dan Hardy made a really good point about that uh, when I was listening to him talk and he was saying like and I agree with this and I kind I disagree to an extent, but I really agree with this statement. He was saying that uh, to a wrestler or to somebody who's doing it a takedown is sort of its own reward. Like, right. you shouldn't just win a round because you took somebody down. You just changed the fight to where you want it to go. You right. hurt your opponent yeah. with a takedown. You should probably look at that as like, okay, that was something, that was what I wanted to do, and I did it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now I'm in a position that I get to fight from the way that I want to fight. Um, 
as opposed to just being like, well, that takedown won him the round. So <laughs> there's there's not a fight on the on on the planet Earth. I don't think there's a fight in lightweight history that I've ever wanted to see more than Khabib versus Ferguson. Oh, I think it's the yeah. perfect culmination. I don't think ever in lightweight history you've had two guys who are on more of a tear, who are both in their prime, mm -hmm. clearly. Like, that that fight needs to happen, like, soon, of before they it, both retire. It doesn't make any sense for that fight not to happen. The only thing that makes any sense about that is that they are, um, that they're baiting it up. They're, they're building the fight. And yeah. it's getting to a point where it's like, we're we're at the pinnacle of this fight's potential. We need to just let it happen and enjoy well, it. And, and you know what's weird? Khabib is like I was never like a massive, massive Khabib fan. I've always appreciated him from the very beginning. Like even back when when he fought uh, Dos Anjos, mm -hmm. I was telling people this guy's gonna be the champion. Like he's fucking, yeah, he's so oh, yeah. ridiculously dominant. Because people were paying Dude, attention. I, I was saying that forever. Right. Like, and, yeah. and people were paying attention to Dos Anjos when he was on his tear. Yeah. But then everybody forgot that right in the middle, smack dab in the middle of Dos Anjos's tear, Khabib absolutely manhandled him. Mm -hmm. Everybody forgets about that. He was like fucking German suplexing. Exactly. <laughs> so I was telling everybody, dude, this guy's going to be the fucking... You guys... Yeah. Nobody could pronounce his fucking name, so nobody knew who he was, but... Nurmagomedov. Um, said it. Yeah. Let's try. <laughs> but um, he's grown on me over time, even more so, because of the fact that the guy is just so authentic. You know, mm -hmm. he really does stick to what he thinks is is right like when his when his dude jumped into the cage and punched connor after the mm -hmm. fight um i thought that was bullshit like i thought that dude should have been suspended or yeah. fired but khabib said i don't give a fuck i won't fight again unless that dude fights again yeah and they had to, they boy. had to let him fight yeah. again because he had his boys back and you have to respect that right i mean that guy yeah, i also he'll, I, he'll sacrifice yeah. his career mm -hmm. just so his friend can have a piece of the pie yeah. i mean there's there's something very admirable to that also, I, I was just talking about this uh, yesterday with uh, with my dad. Uh, like Khabib is such a like he's he, he didn't have an easy road to the top because he doesn't play the game. He has he does all of his promotion in the most authentic, real kind of way. All of his shit talking is in the fight. Yeah, and it's terrifying. Yeah, shit he says to people while he's beating their ass. It's yep. crazy. And it has nothing to do with the promotion because you know he means it. Well, and how about what he said about? Uh, they asked him recently about if he would fight, uh, if he wants to fight Connor again. He said, "I won't fight him in the cage again. If I see him on the street, we'll fight every time, but I'm yeah. not fighting him in the cage." Oh, I didn't hear that. And yeah. I think, and I believe him. I think he's dead fucking serious. I don't think it matters how much money they offer him. Yeah. I think he doesn't. I think he. I think Khabib views Connor as such a low life and such mm -hmm. a scumbag. That he doesn't even want to give him the opportunity yeah. to make that kind of money in the cage. It's not worth it to him. I don't think it's about the money. He doesn't want to give him the opportunity to like to redeem himself. He's like he doesn't feel like he deserves that. Exactly. Yeah. He's not worthy exactly. on all fronts. Yeah, I don't think the money has anything to do with it. He's just like, fuck this little bitch. Like, why would I give him a shot to redeem himself? I yeah. took that from him. And, exactly. And it's mine. <laughs> yeah. It's a uh, pretty interesting. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, God, there's so many fights to catch up on. Um, did you see Wiley Zhang versus uh, Jessica Andrade? 47-second no. KO. No. 
Wiley Zhang is this little. Oh, I think I did see that. She's this little Chinese uh, straw weight, but fuck, man, she's really good. Yeah. I saw her fight uh, Tisha Torres in her last fight, and I guess they were having trouble getting her matchups, but super physical, super athletic, like just she's awesome. Mm -hmm. But that's a good one to see if you guys haven't seen it. Uh, the, the other one. Costa versus Romero. What a Jesus fight, dude. Christ! First of all, the battle the of the of, battle guys. of the fucking meta humans. It, like, it looked like two Greek statues were fighting each other. It was, it was insanity. Just, like, dude, the chins on those guys. <laughs> the chins. Those the those shots that the, those yeah. fucking dudes hit each other with hey, would have knocked out not just I'm, middleweights all the way up to heavyweight. That yeah. would have knocked out any other fucking fighters I'm on the roster. You, like. Those fucking guys, like, I I 100% have faith in Costa, but for sure, you know he's the truth after that fight. Yeah. Like, that shit was a trial by fire, and yeah. he came through, man. And, and that those was... Those combos, those body shot combos, that was such a rugged fight. It was it rugged was as fuck. beautiful, rugged... Each punch, head, like, just fucking digging, digging. Just digging in. That was one of those fight. fights where it was a very rare fight where a lot of people thought that Romero had it, but I actually, it was very rare. I had it as a draw at the end of it. I, I legitimately I, had I, it as a draw. 100% that could have been a draw. I had it for Costa. Like, yeah. I, I felt like Costa controlled a little bit more of the fight. Romero... I, did, uh, I agree, yeah. Romero waited too long. Yeah, to, I think, I think Costa controlled yeah. a larger percentage of the fight. Yeah. Uh, I do think that Romero probably did more damage in the end. In the end, in the end. but it was uh, too little, too late, in my opinion. That's how I felt about it. Yeah, fucking phenomenal fight, and yeah. I, I think Costa did enough to get the win. Yeah, but I think it was really close, and I wouldn't have been upset with a draw. No, I think if there if there's any fight that because that's the way I saw it. It was just like okay, but that's a fight I could watch over. Oh yeah, and, and I, Jesus but, but it's 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 a fight that is so so fucking brutal and so visibly damaging that it, for both of it their takes sakes, an emotional toll. Yeah, just on the, I almost on the viewer alone. exactly. <laughs> I almost don't even want them to book it yeah. again because I'm like fuck these poor guys. Like that's that's gonna take some time off their career. Like. That is a brutal fucking fight. You don't want you don't want your fighters to go through that more than once. You, you no. get that, and that's a gift. That's yeah. a gift from from two people that they graced the world with. Like yeah. that was a really special thing. It was. And if you didn't see it, you should honor them by watching it and really yeah. appreciate the fact that they went through what they went through to make that possible. Well, so because that that was a real like that was a moment in history. That yeah. Fight. That's the type of thing that you just don't see. That's what makes the MMA and the UFC so special. That's the type of fight you just don't really see in like boxing. Mm -hmm. Like you just when you have two guys who are just two fucking dominating physical a, specimens, they won't. Yeah. They just don't. They don't want to. They don't get matched yeah. up. They don't want to fight each other. And when they and, do, a lot of the time they fight very defensively, yeah. and they and it ends up being a pretty boring fight because they're too dangerous. Right. And they. They don't really want to risk their careers, but those guys put this it was all opposite. out there. Total they, opposite. They both put their dicks on the table yeah. and went all out. It, fuck, man. Yeah, that that was and, a that was a nerve wracking fight. That fight, <laughs> that fight, <laughs> that fight was like yeah. two guys put their you said dicks, but let's say put their hands on a table and they're just watching the yeah. knife 
go between yeah. the fingers and exactly. you're like <laughs> yeah you're just waiting for for the blood to spray like it yeah. was like dead serious i can't i can't stress this enough like if you are listening to this if you have not seen that fight go look it up because it's just a like it's a work of art it's something it is. that needs to be appreciated like yeah those guys need to be honored for the sacrifice they put you know in. what's so like, fascinating about that fight too it is the polar opposite of adesanya versus anderson of last year right right uh it's perfect not, contrast not to say that that wasn't a great fight either yeah but the adesanya but just perfect contrast that, right yeah adesanya, total opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum yeah adesanya and anderson silva was a very like respectful distanced slow paced like a sparring match almost but it was like a masterful sparring match. yeah it was two genuine experts mm. that were fighting almost at a pace where it was like there's no way they're gonna hurt each other right <laughs> like, well right now the middleweight yeah. division might be the most interesting division because you have adesanya coming off that fucking batshit crazy fight with, yeah, Gastelum, with Gastelum, and then people yeah. just keep forgetting that whitaker is the champion and yeah. whitaker is a fucking just savage yeah like What's crazy about Whitaker is he fought Romero twice, beat mm-hmm. him fairly cleanly the first time. Yeah, I was that was second cre- time was, second questionable, time was but questionable, but I don't disagree with it. Yeah, I, I don't I have to watch that fight. Again, I don't, but I don't and disagree I, with. And I've decision. heard people like Joe Rogan has said he thought that Romero edged the second mm-hmm. one, but I'm totally cool with this. My people, a lot of people might disagree with this. If a guy decisively wins the first fight and then the second fight is that close, in my eyes, the the that guy is still the kind of the winner. As it's you know? sort of, sort of in a sense, the it, it, it's like a carryover. Like the yeah. the loser still has to has to climb the mountain. Yeah, uh, there's, exactly. There's still another hill to. And I think and I think too, it's yeah. it's partially just because of the fact that the just the obvious fucking physical advantages Romero has over everybody he yeah, fights. I true. mean, well, except for Costa. <laughs> except for costa but you know what i mean like and yeah. then you look at somebody like whitaker who if you saw those two guys out and about or you just saw him at the beach with their shirts off you'd mm. be like this fucking dude is gonna yeah. kill this guy like they, right? he doesn't even stand a chance but then whitaker comes out and he's so fucking athletic and mm. explosive it's it's right. it's incredible whitaker yeah. is he just he's had some unfortunate like setbacks so we haven't got to see him fight in a right. while but it, people forget about how shoulder? fucking is that what it is or is it knee like, I don't. I don't even it? remember. It was his knee before. I don't know what it was recently. But uh, him versus Adesanya, that's an interesting matchup. Yeah. Normally, I would say that Whitaker is just going to go in there and starch him. But if you look at Whitaker's record, he has one standout loss, and that was the one to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And talk about some similarities, right? I mean, not to say sure. it's yeah. similar range similar, type fighter, similar, you know. Yeah, similar characteristics. So if he had trouble Yeah, if but but if he had trouble with that rangy type of mm-hmm. specialist striker, mm-hmm. could very easily happen with somebody like Adesanya. Um but I am picking Whitaker for that fight pretty definitively. I would, I would take Whitaker for that fight. Um obviously Adesanya has has um the potential to beat anybody there's no um there's no safe place against a guy like that you know but uh i just think whitaker is a fucking force to be reckoned with i don't know yeah i don't see i i see him winning that fight I, yeah you know, pretty in pretty simple terms i just see him being too physical um 
too powerful uh, and, and overwhelming. Adesanya. He's just, he's just um, a, I mean, Adesanya had trouble with Gastelum and Whitaker to me is just like a much better version of Gastelum. Oh yeah. Much better. Yeah. 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 Um, well, um, uh, on top of that, as far as, uh, everything else goes, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, uh, did you hear about Sony with Marvel? Um, Marvel I, lost I, the rights to a Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. So Sony, the whole deal that they had worked out was that Sony was basically like loaning Spider-Man yeah. to Marvel for like six movies. Right. And the ba the way that the deal was worked out is that Marvel, Sony would get all of the profits for the Spider-Man films. Marvel would make the films. So they produced them, they mm -hmm. put them together, they hired directors, actors, everything. They were in charge of the creative process, but Sony re received all of the profits. But Marvel, in return, got all of the merchandise rights to Spider-Man, which apparently far out, uh, far exceed the um, the uh, right. movie rights. The it's a lot of money. Movies make any money nowadays? Yeah, nobody pays for that shit. <laughs> so um they went to the negotiating table and marvel basically said we want 50 percent of the movie revenue as well and sony was like no that's apparently sony is like a dying company right now and their right. movie uh, section of their company is not profitable and they I basically I don't really think sony is doing that good in general are they aside from playstation I don't, like yeah no that's they, they that's... have a couple cameras that are pretty high-end but i don't think that they're well, as good as like even from... they're not even like as good or as popular as like canons for even from what i've read more specifically just the purely the the movie department is just not doing well they're well, not yeah. their movies so nobody likes Sony movies. the rumor is that except fucking venom which we already talked about yeah uh, but the rumor is that Marvel came in and purposefully gave them, or Disney rather, came in and purposefully gave them a highball offer, mm -hmm. anticipating them to say no. Because And because of the fact they, are, they aren't doing so well, there's been a rumor that Amazon has been thinking about purchasing Sony. And one of the clauses in the contract that Sony has is that they have to continually pump out Spider-Man movies every... They have to make a Spider-Man movie every two years. Otherwise, the rights revert back to Marvel. That's which hilarious. Is, isn't that weird? That's so which funny. is why you've had a Spider-Man movie for... Yeah, he's been rebooted so many times. So, um, the word on the street is Marvel came in with a highball and wanting them to say no... So that way, when Amazon purchases Sony in a few years, which they're hoping they do, and so supposedly what it says in the contract is that if Sony is bought out by another company, the rights instantly revert back to Marvel. Okay. So Marvel's thinking, hey, we could get Spider-Man for free down the line if Amazon purchases Sony. Okay. Uh, which is a pretty ballsy move, and it's a pretty... Fuck, I don't know. It's a pretty ballsy move on their part because I'm assuming what Sony's going to do now is they're just going to throw Spider-Man into the Venom universe, which is going to be a fucking disaster. Sure. Um, and we'll, well see what we happens. Well, if we could have had Venom, you know, if we could have had Venom produced by Marvel... So much better. Would have been better. so, been so much with, better. With, with the, the all-star, same cast that we had there, if we just had Marvel creating that instead of Sony, that could have been... Like, did you ever see um, 
Did you ever see that Deadpool movie that they did? Yeah, they once had, once upon a yeah, time. Once upon a time, where he has Fred yeah. Savage and they do. Yeah. The, I loved what he said. It was so funny. He was like, he's like, uh, he's like, I like Marvel movies. Like we are Marvel. So well, yeah, you're Marvel distributed by Sony. That's like the Beatles distributed by the Backstreet Boys. Right. <laughs> yeah. Dead. Well, dead. And now Deadpool. So Deadpool. Um, since the Deadpool's Fox, so since mm-hmm. Deadpool's a Fox or X Men are all Fox, yeah. now Disney purchased Fox. Yeah. So now they're all. So who knows what they're gonna do with Deadpool? If they're gonna keep him his own separate entity, or kind of try to do their own. But you can't so do Deadpool. I, I have a pretty, I have pretty strong feelings about Deadpool and the way things have gone with the uh, mo- more the last movie, but a little bit with the first one, the whole deal about how they, um, they are so out there that it's like like with the the comedy level of it where it, it's it's like lost i lose interest in it like i see what you mean yeah like a, it's it's goofy enough it's, it's so goofy to the point where you don't really have any like emotional attachment yeah, exactly. to it yeah it, it, i can it see that me from being interested in the movie i see it one time and i'm like i got some laughs out of it i enjoyed it um but I, I can't like rewatch. It has like no yeah. rewatch quality to me because yeah. it's just like okay, yeah. There, there was well, nothing. There's no substance. To I, it I can all. see that, but there's also two ways you can go with that. One being that there's your point, which is yeah, it lacks a certain I, I'm aware level. That of, that's the nature of Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. Like that, I'm not not dismissing that fact either. Right. But it's but also it, like you have to take into account the the watchability of. Yeah, it's it, it like, takes it takes into it 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 lacks a certain level of like emotional content. But on the flip side, because the character is so meta and so self-aware, you can easily take that character and insert him into the Marvel universe yeah. without even having to explain anything. Right. Exactly. Like you could have him just make jokes sure. about it and people would just think it's funny. Yeah. You couldn't um, do that with any of the other X Men no, no, characters. Yeah, you could easily be just inserted into the uh, into the Marvel universe and everything, no problem. But um, yeah, that that was my only like issue with the Deadpool the Deadpool movies and that and the the um, the cringy like reusage of jokes in the second one. Dead, that was just really like it, uncomfortable. It, it's funny because I reference when I was doing my review for it. Uh, volume chapter two i referenced uh deadpool one and two and i said that it's a classic example of when a studio kind of what i alluded to earlier when a studio gets way more money for the sequel and then it's inflated and it's overblown and that's kind of how it felt with deadpool 2 it's like they had all this extra money and then you kind of lost some of the the creativity of the first one and it was just a lot of recycled shit which is kind of how it chapter two felt like um but um yeah i mean i deadpool 2 was there was some there were some moments in it that legitimately had me in stitches laughing yeah like the scene where he has the baby legs i it was some of the hardest i've ever laughed in a theater in my life he's doing it (laughs) yeah like it's you look at the little guy he's walking it's probably it was one of the funniest like it was honestly one of the hardest i've ever laughed in theaters like when he's it was just the visual of it was just so so it did have its moments but as a whole it could have been a lot better and uh i would be much more curious to see how marvel like specifically the cable character i think the casting was spot on i liked uh josh brolin as cable 
Um, everything visually wasn't bad. I didn't mind the look and all that, but I think Marvel could have done a much better job of actually, you know, giving you that epic backstory of Cable and weaving it in with Cyclops and kind of Jean like, Grey. And, it just seemed kind of like, like thrown thrown in. It seemed like it was just kind of like touched on. Yeah. Just shows him with his burnt family. He's like ah, and then it moves on. So yeah. Like okay. Yeah, it just interesting, but (laughs) yeah, they just um, it just wasn't uh, it just wasn't like standout. You know, the movie the first one was really like a pleasant surprise, and you didn't get that so much with the second one. The second one just kind of seemed like we were we were reaching to have some more of it, and I wasn't really too happy with it. I also feel like on top of the the emotional connection and everything, as we mentioned, that makes you that invests you in the movie and makes it interesting I felt like it was very low action because of that like the action seemed very um, the action seemed very superficial and just like something it was like a layer on top of like the silliness and the, the, the action like, was like a reason to get to the next joke or yeah like, exactly yeah. exactly that's what that felt like it felt like the action had no consequence in it right and that's one of the things I really like about Deadpool is the fact that he's he's this weird meta silly like out there character who also is like a super badass yeah like I, I enjoy that other element to him yeah yeah whereas in the movie they just make it pure comedy like you got none of the badassness yeah, exactly. of Deadpool in the movie and you need a little bit of that I mean for any action comedy to be successful like you have to have especially if it's a superhero yeah it has to have I mean, a strong element of the action right? yeah and that's what Marvel gets right well, so perfectly the, right? yeah exactly the Thor movies or you know any anything with Thor in it yeah it's great but it's fucking hilarious too. yeah like yep um, they yeah the and that was like actually the the, the last Thor movie um, Ragnarok, Ragnarok that was yeah. that was probably my favorite Marvel movie I loved that I, movie. I think I've watched that one more times than any of the other it, movies. By far the most rewatchable on yeah. its own. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. So many good things. And, and the humor of it doesn't in any way take away from the foundation of it being right. a, an exciting action movie. But the humor, it's, it's full-blown a comedy. Yeah. It's so funny. And, and, it is a it is it's legitimate as a comedy. Yes, and you can still and that's a classic that's a perfect example because like at the end, right, when Thor gets his um gets his powers restored or whatever and he comes in with a lightning and you still get, can get like pumped up for yeah. that while it being funny whereas Deadpool not so much. Like they you'll think you're going to get a cool moment like that and then yeah. it kind of just kind of fizzles out and I don't know. Um did you see the uh the trailer for Joker. I saw the one like the original teaser, like the so the one that, the one that you and I talked about. And we're yeah. Just like, well, so <laughs> now there is heavy duty buzz on the streets yeah, about no, Joker. Here, Have I've you been, heard about I've this? They're saying like Oscar really contender yeah, level. Yeah, that's what I heard. And it it just won actually. I'll have to look fact check this real quick, but it actually just won at one of the film festivals. Mm-hmm. It won Best Picture, which is like unheard of for a. A uh, comic book movie, yeah. um, but it actually, I think Joker right now has almost like a ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really yeah, so um, yeah, it, it looked kind of like it. It made me nervous uh, looking at the original teaser. Like it looked like it had potential to be good, but it also looked like it had potential to be 
fucking super shitty. Um, trying to find it right now. I'm trying to find the uh, sorry. I'm trying to find the uh, Rotten Tomatoes for uh, Joker right now, but I'm having trouble. Yeah. But anyways, it's high up there. It's supposed to be really pretty, good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. No, I need um, to. I need to watch the latest trailer and see uh, what's going on. When is that? Uh, when is that released? I think in November. Comes November. out soon. Jesus Christ, man! Either November or like next month. But in any case, they're saying it's good. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. He he. He's, uh, man. He's, he's kind of turning back into a human being, like you know. Well, we're he. Seeing he it, we're seeing him do stuff, and it looks like what he's doing is intentional again. Oh no! Sooner than I thought. Sorry, Joker comes out on October fourth. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, oh. and uh, it's supposed to be great. Todd Phillips directed it. The uh, I remember we discussed this. We discussed yeah. this on one of the podcasts a while ago. Todd Phillips. Um, Good old Todd Phillips. He, he had like he was he was he directed like some weird. He shit did. He did most. Movie, he's yeah. mostly a comedy director. Yeah. He did, um, like he did like old school and stuff, didn't he? Yeah, yes. He did, he did due date. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He also did a uh, road trip. Road trip, yeah. Wow, yeah. Then old school Starsky and Hutch, School for the Scoundrels, hangover, that's right. he, the Hangover. He, he, he does a cameo appearance in the Hangover. He's the yeah. guy getting blown in the elevator. Yeah, <laughs> most people remember him as the gangbang guy yeah. from old school. It's a near three gangbang. Yeah, that's yeah. probably the best line of the movie. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty excited for that with all the buzz surrounding that. Um, it actually uh, the when when you go and you watch the extended trailers now, you can actually see that it it's probably is going to be a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll need, I'll need to see the newest trailer before I can comment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did we uh, did we have anything else that we wanted to discuss today? Any anything on the agenda? That was all the major stuff. Um, you know, yeah. I I gotta go back to work soon, so. Yeah. But I think that's a pretty nice little catch up on yeah. all things. I mean, MMA and movies and entertainment. It's, and it's just nice to be doing this again. Uh, I mean, I literally just Matt pulled me out of a coma to do this right now, so not at my not at my sharpest, but uh, we're gonna be getting more of these in. I know I say that every time we come back from a hiatus. We're serious this yeah. time. I'm back in San Because we live in the same town now, yeah. so it's going to be a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. Um, we are going to be uh, training at Matt's gym. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing private sessions, uh, teaching some Muay Thai, teaching some grappling. Anybody who wants to get some work in, I'm here. I'm in Santa Maria, Central Coast, motherfuckers. Let's, let's make it worth something. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, Get me on Bone Catrone on Instagram. Follow the Back and Bone Show. Yes. Follow Matt, whatever he does. I don't give a shit. I just posted a movie review on my Matt Reviews Media for the first time in like nine months. Because I stopped being lazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to start doing that again. Yeah. So check out Matt Reviews Media if you want to see my movie reviews. If you want to see my new uh, studio Go to, to Core Four on Instagram, and I have a uh, spin hybrid training class that I've started. And um, if you want to check that out and huff and puff mm-hmm. and get real sweaty, uh, come see me. Yeah, and if you want to learn how to kick faces and uh, you know elbow people and break bones, your 
yours and theirs. Come see me. Um, and if you take anything from today's podcast, it is that you should probably watch Wolf Cop. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about Wolf we Cop. We didn't talk about. I Wolf still Cop. need to watch. We'll save that for next time because I still need yeah. to watch Wolf Cop. Uh, Wolf Cop and Turbo Kid. Look forward to uh, some some retro reviews. Movies came out a few years ago. Turbo Kid, I think, was a uh, 2016, 15. Probably fifteen, because uh, that was a while Wolf, back when Wolf I watched Cop it. Was, uh, if, if you enjoyed, um, if you enjoyed, um, God, why am I forgetting the name of it? That short thirty-minute one that was on Netflix. Remember Kung Fury. If you yes, enjoyed Kung yes. Fury, uh, you will like Turbo Kid and Wolf Cop. Yeah, they're very, very campy. Like, yes. Like no famous people in it can be, except yeah. Michael Ironside is yeah. uh, on. He's on uh, Turbo Kid, but. You know, we're gonna rewatch. Uh, I'm gonna rewatch those movies because I was drunk off my ass when I was watching Wolf Cop last night. Uh, Matt's gonna watch it, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll be back. And you should watch it too. <laughs>